Let's go! What's up? Welcome to the <laughs> Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. I really hope this isn't your first episode because these intros are getting wilder by the day. Well, they just got to mix 16. it up, bro. Just got to yeah. mix it up. The last few have just been the same. Just Welcome gotta, to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu yeah. podcast. Got to mix it up. We have to surprise our audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too much coffee. Oh, shit. Uh, episode 16. Uh, 16. We're going to talk about... Training partners, different training partners, how to mm. choose your training partners in the gym. Last episode, though, we spoke a bit about Kieran's background uh, coming from the Navy, videography, bodybuilding, into jiu-jitsu. A bit of everything. A bit of everything. I mean, it, it was probably our least jiu-jitsu specific episode, but mm. I actually could have had the episode go for hours. It was just our standard time of about an hour, but I personally could have just sat here talking to Kieran about a lot of random interesting subjects and it could have gone on for far longer, mm. but I I still had a fun chat. So go back and listen to that if you want to know a bit more about Kieran's story. But today, strictly jujitsu. Into the jujitsu, beyond jujitsu. Mm. Let's go. So training partners, mm. right? Some of them suck. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, even, even straight up. <laughs> even for me, I remember there were people who I would kind of actively avoid, people who I would always want to pair up with, mm. people who, when Fabio put me in the group with so and so, I was like, oh, man, shit. Yeah. Have you already experienced that? Oh, yeah. That? 100%. 100%. And You're one thing. You're name names? Oh, I may. I may name job. <laughs> I'm, man, I, I don't give a fuck. So, one thing I want to bring up just off the jump. I, okay, so months ago, I'm talking like four months ago or so, I made a YouTube video just spitballing, you know, white belt's perspective to white belt about selecting training partners. And I got roasted in the comments saying- Did you do a video about selecting partners? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I How to choose, yeah, you did you I, I actually haven't videos. seen it. it must yeah, be the okay. only video. That's fine, <laughs> that's, that's fine. Right. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, Kieran just starts turning my mic down. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the Kieran Fair podcast. <laughs> no, that must be like one of the only ones I haven't seen. Yes, Not so only I have I seen one, yeah. all the other ones, but I've featured in multiple of your YouTube Yeah, videos. you have. You're becoming a, um, a reoccurring- segment yeah <laughs> but i i did do a video on this and a lot of the comments were absolutely roasting me in really? terms of like as a lower belt as a white belt you don't get to choose your training oh, partners right yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, we, we've spoken about this before but it's like i in the in the video i basically mentioned that i try to roll with someone that is at what i consider like similar weight and white belt as well similar weight and similar experience as me to uh, clash up against someone that it, I find is as similar that is at the session, right? That is at the training session. Yep. So I can get that, you know, peer-to-peer -peer rolling experience. And then I try to go with at least once per session a higher belt so I can, you know, get smashed and, and figure it and really highlight to me where the holes are in my game and in my jujitsu. And I got hammered in the comments saying, you know, shut up white belt. You don't, you don't choose your, your training partners. You fucking do what you're told. Yeah. It's a bit of a old school etiquette that still exists when it, when it comes to jujitsu etiquette, I think I, I personally often sit right in the middle because I came up through that time where all these etiquette rules were still heavily enforced, but also now they're kind of fading away. So yeah, the one you're referring to, which is that lower belts are not permitted to ask a higher belt to roll. Yeah, it's funny because I don't in you know, as you know, I don't enforce that in the gym at all. I don't mm. follow that rule. But 
at the same time, I kind of respect that rule. Like, yes. it, like in the sense, like for example, I mean, I've never said this to my students, but if if a lower bound, I let any of my students ask me to roll. I think it's ridiculous that they can't. Right. Uh, so any student, white belt or whoever, can ask me to roll. But if I've already gotten, if I already have my partner, I kind of by default expect them to respect my decision that I've already got a partner. Yeah. So same is if you asked a blue belt to roll and they don't have a partner and they say yes, cool. But if that blue belt says, no, I'm going with so-and-so, you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, the blue belt gets to choose whether yeah. they roll with you or not. But you should be allowed to ask them. Yeah, I, I follow that rule and I don't. Now, I... You mean follow it or agree with it? No, follow it as in actually I do not ask higher belt to roll and I do. I ask up to purple belt to roll and I don't ask brown or black belt to roll. Why Why'd you put the line there? Because you feel like you can take the purple belt. Yeah, so 100%. Right? I, can, I can smash every purple belt in a gym, hands down, super easy, especially Ollie. Don't worry, Ollie's Come at not me. <laughs> <laughs> I just put the biggest target on my back. I'm so sorry, Ollie, but you suck. Nah. Ollie has been doing... Zero exercise during lockdown. Good. So it it's gonna be soft. And if he's listen, if he listens to this episode, it's gonna be like squishy. right before the gym opens, he's gonna be squishy. He's gonna fucking kill me. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I don't know. I just, I just drew the line there. Um, I think, and realistically, I don't actively ask purple belts to roll. Only if you know where the last. Obviously, the last two. Then I acknowledge that you know I'm partnering up. So basically, what I'm saying is, I pretty much only ask blue belts. I don't ask. Yep any higher belt to roll. But one thing I always adhere to is when a higher belt asks me to roll, say even if I already have a partner, if it's a yeah. white belt, no matter, like if I'm partnered up with a white belt that I really wanted to roll with or whatever, and even uh, if a purple belt or brown belt or black belt asks me to roll, I'll definitely go with them. I'll be yeah. like, oh, sorry, man, I'm, I'm going, I've been called out by, by yeah. especially yeah, if it's the, you. Yeah, the etiquette goes the oh, other way, man. right? Like I, I've seen it and- I mean, and it's funny, wanna, like like I said, I'm kind of in the middle, right? But like, I don't I, know, man. I've seen I've seen blue belts at our gym. Like they've been partnered up with white belts or, or even white belts. I can't remember exactly what belt. They're either white or blue belt. They're partnered up with someone and like a brown belt has asked them to roll or whatever. And like, oh, sorry, I'm with old mate white belt. I'm like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> I watched that. I'm like, you did not just Yeah, do that. it's funny because, again, <laughs> it's like a little unspoken etiquette thing. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like I couldn't be more on the fence again because mm. I came up through this etiquette but also it's just fading away yeah like I, I agree and don't agree I'm so split down the middle because part of me is you know feels like that higher belt it's like well man bad luck he already has a partner move on but then also you know I think I mean it's happened in 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 my gym as well because I don't necessarily enforce these etiquette rules and they're never really taught to you like you learn them just through experience yeah. right um, there's been times where I've asked whoever to roll, you know, and perhaps I'm in a particular mood, right? <laughs> Sometimes I'll get in a, a mood where it's less the student's class and more my training session. Yeah, I'm not you. saying that that's, that's a sign of a bad instructor, by the way, but <clears throat> sometimes if I'm preparing for a competition or something, my students know that I'm training with them as well, right? I don't. I still teach them and everything, but when yeah, it comes down to the rolling rounds, We're going I'm hard. yeah, I'm switching on my competition brain, right? Yep. And when you're a competitor, you have to be a little bit selfish. So there's been times where I've said like so and so, like oh let's go, and they've gone no, I'm with you know I've said to a blue belt let's roll, and they've said no, I'm with so and so, 
And then, and then I've actually said to them, no, 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 you're going with me. You know? <laughs> and they're like, but I've got, no, you're going with me. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I've had that happen to me when yeah. I was a lower belt, right? You don't, you're never taught these things. Well, you're taught through, it's like trial by fire, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I've, I mean, I've seen that in, in passing and like you said, you don't enforce any rules. You haven't like, which is, I, I agree with in, in, in the respect, but from a lower, about, a lower belt perspective being new to this sport, and maybe this is my military training because there's very, very distinct hierarchy. Just a quick aside, there's been a couple times um, at the gym where you haven't like, you know, yelled at anyone, but you've like sort of, you know, maybe the as a collective, the class was being a bit lazy that day and where like the competition's coming up and you've kind of, not given everyone a dressing down, but sort of, you know, given every, like after everyone's lined up after class, you're like, all right, guys, come on. We need a bit more energy here. Rah, rah, rah. I've actually defaulted into like standing at ease, like standing at fucking like in a military <laughs> stance and then like being like, yeah, oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like just like, like automatically taking the, the bone in. And, like, I haven't noticed. Oh man. Like I do it under my breath and I realize I'm doing it. I feel like a fucking idiot. Cause the people's like next to me, like what the fuck is he doing? I'm like, oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like, just, just quietly like, fuck. It's just ingrained in you. But like I was saying, I think that, from my military experience and there's a very clear rank structure, a very clear hierarchy. Yep. And it's the same as like if a, a, a lieutenant commander in the Navy, which is one rank higher than me, because I was a, a lieutenant, if they told me to do something, but I had a lieutenant that told me to do something else, I'm going to fuck, or, or you know what I mean? Like yeah, if yeah, a commander yeah. tells me to do something, a lieutenant oh, commander told to me to do one everything thing, and do what that I do what the, the higher rank says. The only yeah. exception very nuanced is if they're not in my chain of command, whatever. But or very, someone's very about to die or yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's some exceptions. Yeah, but yeah. There are exceptions, but like it, it's, it's very clear to me. I'm very used to giving way to not the person, but the, the, rank. the rank. And yeah. in jujitsu, okay, you may have a purple belt. If you're a white belt, you may see a purple belt and they're a dickhead, right? Maybe they're, they're a fuckhead, but they're a purple belt. So in, in my experience and in my training in the, in the defense force, I have been conditioned to risk, to uh, respect the rank that they're wearing, not necessarily, even the if I individual. don't respect the individual person. It's what they represent. It's their experience, their yeah. skill. And that's what I have been trained to. So, just naturally, I brought that into jiu-jitsu, which it has a very clear, visible yeah. rank structure, just like the Navy. And I give way and give credence to higher belts because I respect their experience and what they are wearing, not necessarily the individual. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something that I'm I'm personally really bad at, at enforcing. I mean, I'm very I don't generally think you need to. I'm very laid back, you know. I'm yeah, you know, really open i don't none of my students have to call me sir or anything they just call me by my or first professor's name one as well yeah yeah i mean i mean well professor's just the word for it's like a the one word in portuguese for teacher for essentially for teacher yeah yeah like so if you're just a generic english teacher in mm. portuguese you'd be a, a professor of right. english right or an english professor whereas in the, in the language english we think of professor like someone who's got a phd or yeah. in something right yeah um, i saw i saw this thing on reddit today uh, which is relevant to this it was basically someone saying that uh you can not not go to high school or whatever just do jiu-jitsu and then you become a professor like, yeah, it's, yeah it's a way yeah. to become a, yeah, it, it was so dumb it yeah. was a fucking dumb <laughs> it's relevant it's funny but yeah, I think because I'm, I'm so laid back. I don't, 
often enforce these etiquette rules and maybe the process of my students learning these etiquette rules is a bit slower than other gyms. Like we, we had, um, Ian, you remember Ian, who was a, a white belt of ours who's yeah. recently uh, moved to the other side of the country. To Perth, right? To Perth. He works like in the mining industry and things like that. Uh, on his way, he was visiting random gyms and they were that very sort of like strict lineup, bow to the photo of the master on the wall and no talking to higher belts and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So he was kind of like, whoa, man, really made me realize how, how laid back my gym is yeah. and don't take me wrong. I don't mean laid back as in it's, we're not good at jujitsu, you know, but I just mean you don't have to be a prick to teach good jujitsu. Yeah. 100%. Right? Um, but because of that, when you, when you said that sometimes at the end of class, people will be lined up and I'm essentially, you know, giving people a reaming and you'll sit, stand there going, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think it's because I am so laid back. I find my, line in the sand pushed so like let's imagine zero is um is you being a complete prick and you know not taking anything and a hundred is you letting people walk all over you mm. right let's say for argument's sake most people's line in the sand is at 50 right in the middle for me i feel like i'm so laid back that my my line is somewhere like at 80 or 90 so far back that i don't expect anyone because society, no one really ever passes 50, right? Mm. The person with common sense or whatever, no, no one really passes that, uh, that, that line, that invisible line in society. So when my line is pushed so far back that when people start to encroach on it, like I lose my shit, you know, not as in I go into a blind rage, but, you know, I feel like- You let it known, yeah. Yeah, so when someone gets close to it, you know, because I kind of haven't pulled them up earlier when they got to like 48, 49, 50, I didn't say anything then, you know, but when they start getting close to my line up to 80, that's when you'll see at the end of the class or something, I line people up being like, this isn't effing good enough, like mm. blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't know. I try not to swear in my, yeah. <laughs> in my yeah, classes, yeah, yeah. but you know, and sometimes it's needed, right? Especially if you're preparing for competition training and sometimes yeah. people need to be like, Man, it's a full contact combat sport. I say that all the time, you know, like we can train and be all friendly and everything, but sometimes people need a little bit of a, a slap around the face, bro. Like let's, you know, let's go. Yeah. And I mean, that's what people are joining for. They, they're signing up for that. It's not like joining a, a gym where, you know, you pay your membership, you go lift weights and you go home. Like if, if you went to a gym like that and a, a, one of the PTs pulled you up and said, oh fuck, you know, gave you a reaming for not working hard enough or whatever for that gym session and you tell them to get fucked it would be it would be ridiculous yeah. but it jiu-jitsu is not like that and i don't want to be cliche jiu-jitsu is a lifestyle but it sort of is in a way like yeah, and it and it, it it is also i always the way i always explain it to people who don't train is is like jiu-jitsu different jiu-jitsu gyms are like different universities and if you want to come train with me like you're choosing to train with me mm. right so that means you're choosing to adhere to my standards and what I require from you. And if you don't like it, like I, I'm not the sort of person who says, if you don't like it, you can leave. But I mean, it's, it's my standards. It's my reputation. If you don't like it, you know, or if you don't feel you can meet those or you disagree with them, then go find a gym where, you know, you don't need to know how to do X, Y, Z to get your blue belt. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, the same way if, you know, if you didn't like the way they taught, 
you know, law at Oxford University, well then go to Blacktown TAFE. I don't know, like go somewhere else, right? Just to be clear in this analogy, Alliance Sydney is Oxford and all Gracie gyms are TAFE. <laughs> hey, I didn't say that, bro. You said <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, going back to, to choosing your training partners and everything, let's ignore the etiquette side, mm. right? Because uh, that is going to vary from gym to gym. In terms of how do you have a good training partner, who do you pick to train with, um, sometimes it's not up to you, right? Sometimes you get partnered with whoever or sometimes you're late to class and or, or sometimes there's uneven numbers, you know, mm. so you just end up with whoever. But firstly, let's talk about drilling, okay? I, In my opinion, it's as a higher belt, you need to be drilling with depends on the individual, right? Some blue belts are incredibly talented, but as, as a black belt, I don't, I kind of don't really want to drill with <laughs> Kieran's getting a smirk <laughs> on his face because I've drilled with Kieran plenty of times. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> don't take this the wrong way, Kieran. But I, I personally, I kind of don't want to drill with like lower than a, a purple belt. Reason being is just because there's just an experience gap, right? They don't, they don't move the way that you want them to move or expect them to move because they don't. They just haven't got the experience and the knowledge yet that when you're doing more complicated techniques where you would initiate a particular movement and you would expect your, your opponent who in this scenario is a black belt as well because I only fight other black belts, that black belt would know you know, have whatever knowledge. So he would move in a certain way that would then allow me to do whatever is the technique I'm doing. A perfect example is if you find someone who's relatively inexperienced at jujitsu and you try to drill reverse stellar heaver with them, they like, they don't even understand it. The person on the top, right. Can't even like engage properly into your reverse stellar heaver. Reverse stellar heaver is a guard where you need the person on top to engage into the guard. It's not a guard like close guard mm. where you can kind of just have it against the person on top, against their will. Reverse stellar heaver, the person on top kind of needs to engage in it. Uh, for those who are a little lost here, they kind of need to, to sit down into a Cossack squat-ish position. So as a higher belt, if I'm drilling with a lower belt that doesn't, like move the right way, it just makes the whole thing really hard. Obviously I can drill with lower belts. I'm an instructor, so I know how to, but if I'm talking about me personally as someone who's wanting to drill and develop, and sometimes a lot of the drilling I do is troubleshooting and stuff like that. I kind of, I need someone who's on a similar experience level, right? When you're a lower belt, it kind of doesn't really matter, right? If you're a white belt, you can drill with anyone, right? Avoid the white belts though. That like the last thing you want to see I, when you look over and you see white belts teaching white belts, and you're like, oh man. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's quite a blanket statement because sometimes the white belt is legitimately helping with good knowledge, but it's a it's a stereotype because often the advice that the white belts it's giving terrible. the white belt is terrible. Is, yeah. You know, and sometimes I'll look over and I'll be like no, 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 don't, you're going to break his finger. Don't yeah. do that, yeah. right? You know, so that's that's the stereotype. Obviously, some white belts are, are more knowledgeable than others or more clued in. I'll tell you a, a funny one is uh, got this student, Ross, who's a really good blue belt now, right? But his girlfriend joined, Elsa, 
And at the time, Ross was still a white belt. So he was like a four-stripe white belt and Elsa had just joined. And Elsa was instantly a natural. And it was so sad when she left. She had to move back to France. Elsa's a doctor. She had to go back back to France to, to continue her studies and whatnot. But it was so funny, man. When she she joined and like within two weeks she would be correcting Ross's technique when they were drilling, <laughs> but she would be right. It yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like she was just kind of being one of those white belts where you're like, Oh my God, you know, and she was incredibly talented from day one. So you do get white belts like that, but the stereotype is often terrible advice and it's wrong and yeah. wrong to the point that someone will get hurt. Look, I'm just going to go out on record and say, if you're a white belt like me, and this is what I, I do. I don't give advice to anyone. Yeah, I mean, I just, well, if you, I, I just don't. Even if I identify what they're doing is wrong, I will not. I don't give them advice unless they're like day one, like yeah, day well, one white belt, and we're learning something that I've learned like three times or, or something like that. Yeah, like a hip escape or sure. something. I, or, I give or, them a pointer, right? Or you look over and they do a, a forward roll and they almost broke their neck, and yeah, you're like, safety you know, wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 100%. I mean, but I do not. If I'm drilling a technique and it's a white belt, a similar experience, I Unless, unless I, you, you know, within reason, I do not give advice. And one thing I certainly don't do is give advice during or immediately after a role. I will tell oh someone. Oh my God, I hate that. I will tell someone how a submission felt or something like that. If they ask like, oh, was I close there? No, I don't know. You weren't close because I, I felt like I had a lot of space on my, on my left side of my neck or whatever. You know, I'll just tell them how I experienced their submission attempt or whatever, but I will fucking never be like, oh yeah, you need to do this and this and that. Oh, it's I, the worst. It's so man, cringe. It is Pet peeve. So, so many people so do it. Cringe. I mean, if yeah. you're at a good gym though, you shouldn't need to have a white belt correcting a white belt. Like mm. what, the, what, what the hell's the instructor doing? Yeah. It, you know, I, I mean, mean of course he might be helping another part, Fuck another, me. another pair, but. Like, and then and it's not even that they, they intend ill or anything like that, but I've had, I mean, it happens everywhere and I'm not naming any names because they'll probably listen to this. Uh, <laughs> I've had I've had white belts um, with more experience or even some with less experience. It's, even, it's funny when you get someone that's been training for like a, a couple of weeks and they start giving you advice. It's, you know, obviously they're, they're, yeah. they're being well, but they you're like, mate, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's 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 just one of those things that you and just I actually hate. Do. I hate having to shut it down because yeah. sometimes I'll overhear a white belt oh, give man. the wrong advice. and. Of course, if it's something that would get someone injured, I'll always, yep. always be like, no, 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 don't do that, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes, or don't man, call them out. sometimes like, I'll yeah. overhear a higher belt, like a purple belt or something, you know, correct or, or give advice to a lower belt or something and it's wrong. And I'll mm. kind of be like, yeah, yeah <laughs> like, do, I, do I call them out in front of this white belt? You know, yeah. do I make them lose face? Because sometimes it's you don't do that. a small detail, but yeah. sometimes it's like, Super wrong. I mean, yeah. look, I'll usually correct them because that's my job. But. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. But I think – and this comes from me being a, a PT. When I was a PT, I went through a very, very short phase, very, very short, like a matter of like a couple of times where I would uh, give my friends unsolicited advice in the gym and correct their form on techniques um, for, for uh, you know, a squat or whatever. And then I realized very, very quickly – uh, I think I only literally only did it like once or twice, but I made a rule to myself, like a, a, a rigid rule that I still adhere to to this day. I will never give anyone advice in a gym ever, period. I won't go up to anyone, it, no matter who they are and, and correct their form or give them pointers, anything like that. Only if I'm explicitly and directly asked, 
whether I'm like best friends with them or don't even know, whatever. I just do not. And if ever. they're doing something where they're going to get injured, the correct thing to do is pull out your phone, film it exactly. and send it to fa- what's the fails of the week. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. No, seriously, I've, I've, seen, I've seen situations where I'm looking over and I'm like, fuck, if you keep doing that, you're probably going to get injured and like say maybe morally questionable, but I, I still won't intervene. Like if it's that bad, I'll, you know, go get one of the gym owners that, that works there or whatever. But I, I just blanket rule will never, ever, ever correct form. And I carry that exact mentality to jiu-jitsu hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so come when it comes to drilling, yeah, for higher belts, I think you want to, you want to look to, to pick a partner who's going to behave in the way you need them to behave for the, the techniques that you're doing, right? And, you know, uh, if, like I said, for me, I, I'm kind of looking for purple belts and up to be able to, <laughs> Kieran's smirking <laughs> again, to be able to interact. The, I mean, it depends what you're drilling, I feel right? bad, yeah. yeah. I feel a bad. <laughs> like if I'm drilling, feel it if I'm drilling a half guard sweep, I mean, you know, yeah. of course it can be with anyone, but, you know, if, once you start to do more complicated techniques, you need them to, to do that next layer of complexity that that back and forth action reaction for you to to make your your technique applicable mm. right um moving on from drilling partners rolling partners right ignoring etiquette again let's imagine you can ask anyone to roll without getting yelled at are there people you avoid rolling with you don't have to name names but are there no. people no, you have no, you haven't experienced yet people that you actively avoid rolling with. So I have, I have gone through the periods like that, but and one, what would be a reason for avoiding to roll with someone? So if someone is doing a technique and this happened, I'm not going to name any names. This happened months and months and months ago. Honestly, I, I still remember who it was, but I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not going to name any names and they'll never figure it out. So there was someone that I was rolling with in very early days of, of joining. Like it was my first three months. It was like two strap or something like that. There was something, someone I was going up against that was doing a particular technique on me that I just did not like. They were doing a, a particular thing that I found very was uncomfortable. It, was it, was it a, a legal technique though? So at the time I thought it might not have been. Um, and I actually, funnily enough, it was, it was, it was legal. It was just uncomfortable for me. So yeah. it, was, it was my issue. I just didn't like it. I, I, it would frustrate me because I didn't know how to respond to it. It'd be very uncomfortable, but not enough for me to tap. And even back then I, I realized that I wasn't going to tap from something that wasn't a submission because um, I was stubborn and I got a big ego. Um, <laughs> but what I ended up doing, and I know there's lots of advice against this, like I'm trying to learn how to counter a specific person's specific technique. But I, I went and got a private, a couple of private lessons with Jeremy Skinner to learn how to counter this particular technique. And then I would actively seek that person so I could smash yep. it on them yep. and it worked. And I haven't had an issue with that ever since. But one thing that, that that experience taught me was that if I ever feel like avoiding a role with someone, I'll ask them to roll as soon as I can. That would be the first person I'd beeline to to ask to roll because that's that little bitch in the back of my mind that's telling me that I'm scared of that person or scared of whatever or I don't necessarily want to deal with it, so I'll beeline it to him. And prime example we mentioned him a couple of times is Eric. And if Eric's listening <laughs> and he, he wonders why he's 
he's the first person <laughs> I normally ask to roll. That's why, bro, because I'm fucking, I'm a little bit scared. So I beeline it to Eric. I, and I, I say I this Eric every time. I'm a black belt and I don't want to roll with Eric. He's so good. He's just <laughs> so much work. <laughs> belt color aside. But then when you're reminded that he's a white belt and you're like, oh my God. Why? You know what? It's gonna be a killer, man. Yeah. It's gonna be a fucking killer. It's hard work. I, I beeline it to Eric and I and I go, you know, go hard. Um and I I, I roll against Eric. Or what yeah, would you so, s- what do you think? So I agree with you. You should never avoid rolling with someone mm. because uh you're a little bitch, right? Yeah. Just essentially, yeah, yeah. Just jump in there. What would you think is a valid reason to avoid rolling with someone for me a valid reason to avoid in my position someone you know my age my experience my athleticism i don't it's gonna sound a bit like a prick i don't necessarily like rolling with people that are a lot lighter than me say it like in a nice way like i don't I don't necessarily enjoy rolling with someone like I'm, I'm about 80, 85 now. Cause I've been bulking, bulking, getting huge, a legit bulk, not a fat bulk. Um, I'm about 80, 84, 85 kilos. Now, if I'm rolling with someone that's 40 kilos, it's, it's not, it's this, the separation between us is so great that I can't, um, I, I feel bad if I just put the smash on and try out new techniques or whatever, because I'm literally just, just going to crush them, you know? Yeah. But I mean, not to say I don't like it, but I mean, yeah, man, I'm just going to be honest. Like I, sometimes I don't actively avoid it. Like if they ask me to roll, I never say no. I never say no to a roll. But you don't call them and out I don't, for I, n- I never, I never call them out for a roll unless it's like, you know, there's only a few people left and we sort of pick partners. I don't want to be, you know, i got to get a partner before the buzzer. It's funny though, but I don't think you haven't yet experienced like a, a 40 kilo or 50 kilo Blue, purple, brown, black belt yet? That's a weapon. Who, who can who can smash you? No, never. I've, I'm I'm going to go on record, and I, this is a bit of a call out that I've I'm yet to be smashed by a you you know the stereotypical like forty kilo purple belt chick that's just a weapon. Never yeah. experienced that. I've yeah. never been smashed by someone that, and not even like gender aside, I've never been smashed by someone that's like like the gulf between our weight and strength is that great. It's yep. it's. I've never experienced that. Yeah, I mean, I've rolled against very tough opponents that are a lot lighter than me, but I've never felt like, holy fuck, I just got my ass handed to me. No yeah. offense to any yeah. of them. <laughs> no offense, but come at me. Come at me. That's all I'm saying. Like, bring it. Well, I'll tell you a reason that I think is valid to avoid certain training partners is if you're unfortunate enough to have a, have a, a training partner who is notorious for injuring people and doing uh, the wrong thing. Yeah. I haven't experienced that. Yeah. We don't really have anyone like that in the gym. We have no one who trains with us who has that sort of mentality. I don't know. Joey injured me. Yeah. <laughs> and well, but yeah, but I injured Joey for you. Good. So Joey's a, Joey's a brown belt. Yeah. Very blew good. out his ACL. Suck it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had that in Brazil, right? There were people who I would avoid because they would they would try to hurt me on purpose. And then that mm. sucked when I was paired with them against my wishes because then I, it really felt like a, a competition role, as in competition You're role. Protecting yourself at all times, yeah. Yeah. You know, this person would be this person would be trying to hurt me and that's not fun, you know. Mm. If it's if it's in a competition, 
I don't really care because that's what you signed the. That's way what before. I've signed up for. But in the gym, nah, like, man, that's shit. I, I want to come back tomorrow or later today and train. That reminds me, I've had someone tell me that I hurt them last time we rolled together. And I think not that they may not have been actively avoiding me, but maybe they were. I've had someone say, hey, last time we rolled, you, you hurt my ribs because you like your top pressure was too much or something. I can't remember the specific circumstance. And I was really taken aback by that. And I was like, holy shit, okay. Like I, I felt really, really bad about that because our weight difference, again, back to the whole weight thing, our weight difference was was so much. Yeah. And because, you know. Well, yeah, if, if it's something like that, you got to be careful, right? If, if you're just much heavier, yeah. you know, I'm someone who's about a hundred kilos. So if, if I'm rolling with someone who's 50 kilos or even 60 kilos, like it's a massive difference. Yeah. So I, I have to be careful not to hurt them just with the fact that I'm heavy, but sometimes, you know, as a, as a lower belt, you're not going to know, but sometimes that person saying you hurt me, you know, the reply should be, well, welcome to jujitsu. Some, you know, some, <laughs> welcome to the jungle, bitch. Yeah, you know, cause you don't know, you know, for example, if someone said that to me last time we rolled or when this happened, you yeah. hurt me. You know, I know enough about jujitsu to know whether I was doing something wrong mm. against the rules, morally wrong, mm. right? Which the answer is always no, cause I don't do those things. Right. But when you're a lower belt, you might not know that. If, yeah, of course. If, if as a white belt and a fellow white belt says to you, oh, when you did this, you hurt me, mm. you may not have enough jujitsu experience to turn and say to them, bro, but yeah, like <laughs> that's jujitsu, you know, the same way that in boxing, if I punch you in the face and you turn to me and say, that hurt when you punch me in the face, you'd be like, yeah, no shit. Right. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, you know, point, they might turn, point. they might turn to you and say, when you did this, it hurt me. And, you know, at, you might not know that you were doing something that is frowned upon or maybe something that's just straight up against the rules. Yeah. Some people, some people are a little less aware of the, of how rough jujitsu can be. You know, it's got the name as the gentle art. It's really, you know, that's just a marketing play. It's really yeah, not, I don't know who it's, that, it's hey. really not gentle at all. You know, yeah. I mean, it's gentle in the sense that it's not striking. You're not getting punched and kicked in the head. But if, if I'm rolling with an opponent, I'm going to do 200% of what I'm allowed to do within the rules to make your life uncomfortable. And I don't want to hurt you as in have you Permanently go damaged, home yeah. and be injured or even temporarily injured. I don't yeah. want you injured. But that like there's injury and hurt and not synonymous, right? Yeah. I can hurt you. We, and, and you'd be fine. So if I can inflict maximum amount of discomfort and pain and hurt, you know, without injury, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Right. It's a combat sport. And some, some people, you know, regardless of how long they train, don't they can't really accept that. that. They don't want to accept it's it. It's all with context though. Right. Uh, if you've arrived into the beginners, welcome to jujitsu 101 class and someone's rolling with you or treating you that way. I would say that's their bad, right? You know, it's not the time or place. But if you've rocked up into competition training or or an advanced class, you know, well, that's jujitsu, bro. You know, hundred percent. The same way, yeah. I mean, it's so it's so clear to give striking examples. Mm. You don't walk into an advanced striking class and then complain because someone punched you or kicked you in the head. Like, man, yeah. What did you expect? I think I understand where some people are coming from. Like if they don't want to get like scratches or bruises on their face and maybe they're an actor or something. Yeah. Or but, but 
it's it's that's the risk they know they're taking when they do jujitsu. Yeah, or and it's their responsibility to protect their face or whatever that's right. or tap. That's right. Or if if you're in a, a gym that allows you to be a human and not one of these, you know, military style gyms, just turn and say to your partner, to each partner before the role, mm-hmm. oh, just be careful of of this or mm-hmm. whatever. I don't mean, hey, just be careful of me because I'm a baby, <laughs> you know, but I mean you could turn to someone and say, man, I've got a massive, like I'm in court, maybe you're a lawyer, and you're like, man, yeah. I'm in court tomorrow. Like can you, let's roll but just watch my face, yeah. you know, or something. Okay, if you're rocking up to the competition class, maybe you probably shouldn't go to that class yeah. if you're in that situation. 100%. But, you know, if you're just in a generic class, the same way you might say, hey, man, let's roll, but just hang – if you if you go on a foot lock or whatever, this foot's a bit sore. I'll, I'll tap quick. It's you know? the same when you go to a different gym. Say you're rolling with someone you've never rolled before. Um, my experience doing that because I've done it once now, um, and every just about every single person that I roll with, first thing they said to me is, that, "Do you have any injuries I need to be aware of?" Like that was default. Every single person, and yeah. it's a, it's the same. Like if you're obviously if you're rolling with the same people every day, you don't do that because you know, you, or you should you know, know their, yeah. their their injuries. You know the individual, but yeah, if you're if you're nursing an injury, like when I injured my ankle, everyone would always ask me, like, "Okay, which ankle is it?" Like so they're aware, is it okay, and and all that. So yeah, that's that's just being a decent human. But I get what you're saying in terms of operating within the rules. You're going to do everything you can to make that person feel very uncomfortable to get the position that you want because it's fucking jujitsu. It's not. Yeah. It's not exactly. cuddling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's some cuddling. <laughs> I look over and Dan and Jake are just spooning. They're not even rolling anymore. <laughs> uh, so, but when you choose your partner. Mm. I always, and I have always done, and I still do this, I have specific goals for specific partners. And I think that's important because you don't, you know, it's it's kind of like coming into the, if you're weightlifting, you have different goals for different weights or, or movements. You know, you've got a particular goal for your deadlift, a particular goal for your squat or your bench or, or whatever exercises you're doing. I'll have specific goals against specific people because I want to make it harder for me. Like if I'm rolling with a white belt, I don't just say to myself, oh, if I tap them, I win. No, like I set myself specific goals. I'll go, you know, sometimes it's something as simple. My goals may be defined by the belt. So sometimes when I roll, I'll do something like if I'm rolling with a black belt, I need one submission to win. I need two against a brown, three against a purple, four against a blue and five against a white in, in, in the whatever minute round it is for me to tell myself that I've won. So sometimes my goals might be belt specific, but usually they're partner specific because you train with the same people every day. So with someone like Ollie, right? Ollie's currently, uh, Ollie's a purple belt working on really good top passing over under stack passes, things like that. So I'll have a goal with Ollie where I'll do something like, okay, I'm not even going to let him get to the over under. And I'm going to make sure before he gets there, I enter in whatever position it is that I'm doing, or I'll be rolling with Joey Brown belt, really good X guard. Sometimes my goal might be to not even end up in his X-guard because it's really hard work or sometimes I might be a little more willing to fall in his X-guard because then I'll work on passing his X-guard. Like I always set myself goals against that specific partner 
because I'm, it's not a competition at the moment. It's someone I train with all the time. I know what they're good at, what they're bad at. It's not a competition role. But by setting goals with for yourself, no matter who you're rolling with, you're ensuring progression or you're ensuring you're, you're making things challenging. And it's how you progress with the same partner. Yeah. So people that I trained with, I had this one partner in Brazil. His name was Hafa and such a lovely dude. Almost the same height as me, but skinnier. Uh, I used to fight middle heavy, 88 kilos, and Hafa would either fight 88 kilos, middle heavy, or he would fight middle, 82. So he was- he was Similar to me then. Yeah, so he was leaner than me, but he was almost the same height as me. So we had a- Okay, not similar to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had a very similar style and man, we would go- Oh, we had so many wars and we both in a loving way would be super pissed off if the other person got the better of us. But that's how our progression would go through the belts. There would be, you know, we would go through a three month, four month, five month period where, you know, I, I could never pass his guard and he would always sweep me or submit me. And then all of a sudden that would change and I would start passing him all the time and then we would go through a phase where I would pass him every time and then that forced him to level up his guard again and then that that would the needle would swing back the other way right where he would start being able to sweep me again or or whatever and that's how you progress against the same opponent all the time so my goal with each individual opponent it's a little different now being the the head instructor and you know a, my hardest training partner is Joey, you know. Being in a position where but being in a position no one where, above you. Yeah, I'm the top dog. Well, you are, so like to speak, it's, right? The black it's, belt. It's, a, it's a bit different. But as I was coming up, my goal was always whatever was the, the hardest challenge with that particular opponent. Yeah. That I, was always – so I, I remember this similar. one guy, Edson. Edson won, won Worlds at Blue Belt and was – he had such a good guard. I actually don't know if I – I think I only ever passed Edson's guard once maybe. I can't even remember. He had such a good guard. But for years, like that, it was just permanently my goal was to pass Edson's guard. It was – you know, and it, it never changed. That was just always my goal. And I think I maybe passed him once and swept him once or something in the whole time that we trained together. We didn't train together every day. But it was always what was the hardest thing. That was my goal. And sometimes I had some partners, maybe similar to you, what you and Toby roll, right? So Toby's a, another white belt, similar weight to Kieran. They have super good, they're really good training partners for each other. Um, you know, I had some partners where it was just such a brutal war that often the goal was just like, just to not get scored on. Or, yeah. you know, even if you won by one advantage, it would be, it would be a victory because the, the roles were so tough. Yeah. But I think you should always set goals for that individual when when it's people you, who you train with every day. If you're visiting a gym, you don't necessarily can do that. Yeah, you probably shouldn't because then it's like mat storming, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think you should do that when you're training with the same people every day. Definitely set goals for those individuals that you're rolling with. Mm. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. So I do this as well, but I will caveat, I do this because you told me to do it like <laughs> months ago. So yeah, I, I do I do do this and my goals are similar. Like if I am rolling against two, my goal would be to not concede and to see if I can score either points or a submission. 
uh, if I'm rolling against someone like Eric, my goal, my number one goal is to get the submission at all costs. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's my goal too. With <laughs> if I'm rolling against a purple belt or above, my goal is to um, not get submitted. Just see if I can go however long without being submitted, or if it's against like y- yourself, not get submitted more than X amount of times, depending on how much time we have. Um, and yeah, so. I, I, I do something very similar. And obviously if it's a if I'm rolling against a white belt or a blue belt, my goal is just to submit. Like to submit them, not get submitted. Um mm. or if it's someone very, very close to my weight and, and like experience like Toby, then yeah, it would be to just, just get points or just win by by points or advantage or what have you. Just to win, yeah. Yeah. I wanna say something as well that's maybe just for for me and and for people rolling with me, when you're a lower belt rolling with a higher belt. Often, and I've been guilty of this, you kind of as the lower belt don't roll properly with them, with the higher belt, this kind of respect thing. And I think I've told multiple students, lower belts, whatever belt, white, blue, purple, I say to them, I'm like, man, come at me. You know, roll with me like I'm the same belt as you because you not rolling with me properly out of respect or whatever – well, it's actually kind of disrespectful because you're kind of saying that part of me is saying that you. it feels like you're saying I can't handle you when you roll properly, mm. so come at me. But also I should be able to handle that and, yeah. and, and I can deal with it. So, so just roll normally. You don't have to tiptoe around because you're a blue belt rolling with a black belt. I mean if that blue belt student of mine – gets the better of me, power to them. Plus, they don't know what I'm working on. I've I've mentioned this before that when I roll with students, I kind of have three different ways that I roll with them. Sometimes, and it depends on the student and where they're at and where I'm at in, in evaluating them, if you will. Sometimes I just put smash on because I feel they need it or for whatever reason. Sometimes I roll a little bit more give and take and sometimes I roll much more, much more give. And I'll often do, I'll give you an example. I'll kind of make myself fall into a triangle or something because I'll want to see what that student's ability, where where their skills are at in terms of finishing that triangle or I'll let that blue belt take my back because I'll and then I'll start defending because I I'll want to see and physically feel for myself where their back control is at, right? Does it take me two seconds to escape, or does it take me two minutes to escape their back control, right? Or do I not escape and they submit me? Okay, because so I'll I'll roll differently, right? But if that student isn't rolling with me properly in the in the first place because they're doing that whole, oh, there's a higher belt, so uh, be all respectful, blah, 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 blah. Then my my three different rolling styles in terms of an evaluation tool, uh, like they're, they're not being gauged properly because you're not rolling with me properly. Yeah. You know, so if, if I roll with you as a blue belt and I let you take my back, or maybe you legitimately took it, you'll never know. <laughs> maybe I'm giving this whole speech so I have this little fallback, you know, this little <laughs> safe face speech, right? <laughs> You know, if you take my back or if I let you take my back or whatever it is, I mean, roll properly with me, mm. right? If, if, if I'm in your triangle 
and you finish me, awesome. Maybe you legitimately caught me, cool. Like I'm stoked as an instructor and I'm stoked for you as a student. Or maybe maybe I escaped and that's a, a sign that I'm really good at escaping triangle. No, you know, it's a sign that maybe we need to work on your skills of finishing a triangle or we need to work on your back control or your mount control because I just escape your mount every two seconds, you know? So for me, if it's any of my students listening or anyone who wants to come visit the gym or future students and you roll normally with me, right? Yeah, unless I'm definitely you're, unless guilty. You're, unless I'm guilty you're told otherwise. Yeah, so I... um. I've realized fairly recently that I think I'm guilty of this, but it's not out of respect because I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But no, it's it's not our res- respect as such for the high belt and not wanting to disrupt the status quo. It's it's different for me, and I'm not sure if anyone else can relate to this. But in the back of my mind, I'm I've lost before we begun. So sometimes sure. I think yeah. I think like, and I, particularly now that I, I film a lot of a lot of my roles. And I look back on it and I think, hang on a minute, like in, in uh, thinking back to the moment, it's like, okay, if, if say for example, I was rolling with you, it's like, if you were white belt, I would have, I would have just come up here or I wouldn't have done that. Or I would have, you know, done this instead. And I think a lot of the times, like I don't go for things cause I think they won't work or I, you know, like I, yeah. it's, it's more like it, that rather than. And, I've been super guilty of that. Oh I, yeah. I think everyone has, right. You got to try switch that off. Oh yeah. I can you. still do it sometimes when I'm, I'm not the best black belt in the world. I mean, I'm not obviously. So I can roll with plenty of people, even not black belts. I can roll with plenty lower belts who could smash me. And sometimes if I'm rolling with someone who, who I know, is is probably going to beat me. Sometimes I'm yeah I'm already defeated be- beforehand. And, and you and haven't I even th- rolled. Yeah, like you- and I think that's more of a going down into sports psychology than than 100%. it is than it is like just generic etiquette advice yeah. in the gym. But I think for my students, they should know that that I'm never gonna I'm never gonna do a a, a prick move and injure you. That's not my vibe at mm. all. And anyone who's trained with me you know, could vouch for that. So if you're a lower belt, like, man, come at me. I'm not going to hurt you, right? Like, we can just have a good role. Well, he might hurt you, but he won't permanently injure you. I think that's... <laughs> well, yeah, we, we established we that. Established, you established, know? yeah, yeah. I'll, look, I may make things incredibly uncomfortable for you, but yes, you will. get on board, bro. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu. Embrace the suck. <laughs> so, yeah, I think just as a sort of um, to, to consolidate that piece, one anecdote that really comes to mind whenever I think about myself giving up to, to higher belts. There was this one role I had with Joey and forgive me if I've told this story before, but he, he didn't even have a submission on. He was working on a submission. It was some sort of arm or shoulder lock and he didn't even have it on yet. And I tapped to it. And then after it, he was so taken aback because obviously he knew he didn't put a submission on mm. and he was like, what the fuck was that? Like, why'd you tap? What, what got you? And I was like, Oh, the submission. He's like, what fucking submission? Like he was, yeah. full, he was like, so like, not, he, he was mad. Like he wasn't like mad, mad. Like he didn't like full have a go at me, but he's, he did in his Joey way. And that like, that moment I realized that I'd really fucked up and I'd given up because in my mind he, he was going to win. So I'd just given yeah. up. And yeah. from uh, that, 
from that point oh, forward. I will say though, on the flip side, you you also you also go completely in the other direction. The, <laughs> am- the amount of times I see you get submitted and then you're like clutching your elbow because yeah. you've waited too long to tap on the armbar. Mm. Sometimes you want to see how deep you can dig, but you can't do that every class. Yeah, so you definitely de- you not def- against the brown belt. <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely go the other way as well. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, but it's a, I don't even think it's a fine line. I think it's a pretty clear line when you do decide to dig that deep. Yeah. But yeah, it sucks. The the, the upper belt doesn't want that either. Like yeah, I kind of hate it unless I'm having a flow roll. I hate it if I get to an armbar on an opponent. They can be a lower belt. I get to an armbar and they're, you know, where their hands are connected, the arm isn't extended yet, but yeah. then they just give up and let me extend the arm. I'm like, man, I didn't even break the grip. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, I'm not saying you don't have to fight me until it's, you're going to be clutching your elbow and injured, but man, like- It's almost I don't like they ha- just want to reset and go again. Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like they got into a bad position. Like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to escape this anyway, so they don't even try. Yeah. And I mean- You got, I, you got to try people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I keep teaching Atlas, my son, every, anytime he falls over or whatever, I, I keep saying to him, try again. And so now he'll be like trying to learn to ride his scooter and he'll fall over and he'll go, oops, try again. And he gets back <laughs> up and he tries again. Hey, you got to keep trying. We can learn a lot from Atlas. Yeah, Let's bro, try again. he's only two. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there was something else I wanted to say while we were we were on it. Now I've just blanked. Yeah. Uh. So bad at podcasting. <laughs> you only reveal that at episode sixteen. <laughs> uh, I think. I think that's all I wanted to cover when it comes yeah. to choosing choosing yeah. uh, the correct partner to drill with. I did have something else, but it has. But in summary, the only person or type of person that you actively avoid is people you know. Go out of go their out way, of their to, way to, injure to, to injure you. Like yeah. actually try to injure you to whatever big dog you or something like that. Yeah, and our gym doesn't have any, but I've never had to do that. Yeah. They exist all over the place. Those people suck. Yeah. Right. Uh they they suck to train with. So I would avoid those people. Otherwise, you know, if you're a higher belt, you want to if you're drilling complicated techniques, you need to I'm not gonna yeah. I said I, I look for purple belts and up, but I can drill with white belts as long as they – You suffer through it. Yeah, <laughs> as long as they interact correctly with whatever technique I'm, I'm wanting to do, right? Uh, so have a, have a good drilling partner. Be a good drilling partner, right? I've, oh, I've drilled with people before who they're just like a wet noodle. Yeah, they you give you everything. No, not even like that, but I mean, man, have some have – some, rigidity in your yeah. frame and stuff. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, that, that, you know, that collar grip break I'm trying to do is irrelevant if you're not even gripping my collar in the first place, mm. you know, okay, we don't need to bust your fingers up, but you know, you've got to interact with me. Mm. You know, it's not just, you can't just starfish it, bro. Yeah. No one likes a starfish. Exactly. On and off the mats. Yeah. On and off the mats. You are not allowed to starfish. <laughs> <laughs> Adam will know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and when you're, when you're rolling, set specific goals, right? I actually go as far to say kind of tangenting off from training partners, but even training in general, I set specific goals. You don't walk into a weightlifting session and just go, yeah, those dumbbells look cool. I'll do a few, I'll I'll do three bicep curls and now I'll move (laughs) over here. No, like, you know, you'll, you would at least know, 
the muscles you're working on. Yep. Maybe you might go in with more of a casual approach, like you don't necessarily know what reps and, or weight you're doing, but you kind of know, all right, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing legs or you have some type of structure. And I, I, I suggest that for jujitsu as well. It's, you won't know what the structure is in terms of what technique you're drilling or whatever because that's up to the instructor. But you should have your goals for, for rolling, mm. what you're working on, and then you overlap that knowledge with the particular partner that you're rolling with. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Awesome. What, what are you working on at the moment, Kieran? You know what I'm working on. He's working on over-unders. He's working on stack passes. He's heavy chest passing. And a bit of stand-up. And a bit of stand-up. Just run down some takedowns. What am I working on, bro? Diablo 3s. World of Warcraft. Yeah. Level up that warlock. That's rough. I was uh, yeah recently on the Jungle Brothers podcast and we were talking about... Video games. We did talk a bit about video games, but yeah, talked about having your, having your love taken away from you, yeah. which is jujitsu at the moment. Quick shout out to that episode. Uh, do you know what episode number it was? I don't have I, it off the top I of my head. I do remember because it was episode 123. Well, there you go. Episode 123. If you want to listen to Adam on the Jungle Brothers podcast. Along with, I was on there with JT. With JT, who yeah. we will have on the show, as well as Joey, the uh, host of the Jungle Brothers podcast. Check out episode 123. Yep. If you want to hear uh, Adam, JT, and Joey, the trifecta, have good banter. It was actually a very good episode. So shout out to Jungle Brothers Podcast. It but was fun. if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please feel free to support us on your streaming platform of choice. Follow us on Spotify. If you're watching the YouTube version of this on video, if you didn't know there was a YouTube version, there's a YouTube version. Uh, check that out as well and feel free to subscribe. Also, if you want to support the show and go that little bit extra mile, we are now on Patreon. If you're not aware, Patreon is a way that you can support your favorite video content or just content creators in general. Uh, with you can you know you can shout us a coffee, shout me a haircut. As Kira the running need, joke mentioned, is, you mentioned that last episode. Yeah, Kira needs a haircut. Still need a haircut. Yeah, get me a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to support the show uh, and enable us to continue doing the, the the episodes and do what we do uh please feel free to show love on the patreon and also guys this is episode 16 we've got coming up episode 20 mm. will be another of our ask a black belt episodes a q a so please feel free to send in any questions you have the easiest way would be on our instagram you can just send us a, a direct message on our Instagram, the questions can be jujitsu related or not, you know, yeah, uh, open. Th like they don't necessarily, they could just be by the time, if you've listened to all the episodes, you've listened to a bit about my time in Brazil, Kieran's time in, in, in the Navy and uh, videography, bodybuilding. So the question might just be about us as individuals or jujitsu related. I've got one question here that's been submitted where someone asked me, Oh, is this a spoiler? Uh, spoiler yeah you could say so well i'm not going to answer the question oh. but, but someone asked me if i am if i have any superstitions when i when i compete ah, you know, that's like, a do, good do, question do i you know have a lucky something or whatever so oh. the questions don't have to just be what do you do when someone does this and but whatever. they can be they can be as well they can be technique based any questions guys mm. you can ask me if i've started drinking coffee with a straw which you should. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just did. Good one, Kieran. <laughs> 
But yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Episode 16, done and dusted. And we will be back shortly with number 17. Catch ya. 